0: Dear songwriter, Pearl Jam's hit song, Jeremy, is off their 1991 album, Ten, which is my personal favorite record of theirs. It's a devastating, heartbreaking song, which tells a clear, sad story. Love or hate this song, there are a lot of things that we can learn, and in this episode, I'm going to outline six songwriting takeaways, things we can learn, tools we can collect, that we can then use in our own songs. My name is Connor Frost. I'm a professional songwriting mentor who's helped hundreds of songwriters to write and release their first songs. And this is Dear Songwriter, the podcast to help you confidently write and release your music so that you can live your most musical and creative life. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. Thanks, as always, for being here. So this is episode two of a four-episode series that I'm doing over the course of this summer. If it goes well, I'm going to keep doing it, but basically I'm publishing an episode every Thursday throughout June and July, which I haven't done in the past, where I'm diving into songs that are well-known, that aren't as well-known, And just giving you some tools because we can learn from what others have done. If you missed the first of this series, I analyzed Green Day's Redundant. So you can go ahead and check that out. Okay, so once again, today we're going to be diving into Pearl Jam's Jeremy. I decided to have this be a song that we dive into because, shout out to my colleague, and friend Julie, who is one of the songwriting coaches on my team who works with our students. And she had brought this song as an example to one of our workshops. This was a few weeks ago. Basically, every week we have these group workshops where sometimes people share what they've been working on, students share what they've been working on. Sometimes we do things like this where we analyze and dive into songs. And specifically, this song was brought because we were doing a workshop on how to write lyrics that tell a story. And Jeremy is a song that very clearly tells a story. And if you haven't listened to this song, even if you're not a grunge or rock fan, I think for the lyrics alone, it's worth listening to this. It's also worth maybe doing a little bit of Googling and hearing about the backstory. I'm not going to go into too much of it today, but um, very sad, but also a very beautiful song. Anyways, that's how this all came to be. And that's why I decided to have this be the second song in the series that I'm doing. So before I dive into the six takeaways, the six things that we can learn from this song, I do want to outline what the structure of the song is. Like I've said in the past, structure even can sometimes be subjective. Structure can be up to interpretation. This is how I interpret the structure, and it's as follows. So there's an intro, and then it goes into a verse. It goes into a pre-chorus, then chorus, then a verse two. I'm going to talk a lot about verse two in this. Then another pre-chorus, then another chorus. Also going to be talking about the choruses. Then it goes into a bridge. Then it goes into another chorus. And then it goes into an outro. So if you want to get that down on a piece of paper, I would suggest doing that because that might be helpful as we kind of go through this. So the number one thing that we can learn from the song is that we can use short choruses and we can use one line. So the line for the chorus, is Jeremy spoke in class today. That lyrical and melodic hook, that is the chorus, and it repeats to make it a longer chorus, obviously, and nothing more than that. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, frenetic and frantic melodies are used to outline the violent developments of the story, specifically in verse two. So let's take a step back for a second. The lyrics in verse two are much more graphic, More involved and much more violent than in verse one. So, what I'm going to do right now, just to give you a little bit of context, and hopefully at this point, if you're able to, you've pulled up the lyrics, but I'm going to show you what verse one is and what verse two is. So, verse one, at home, drawing pictures of mountaintops with him on top, lemon yellow sun, arms raised in a V, and the dead lay in pools of maroon below. Okay, so setting the scene as verse ones typically do. And then starting to understand that maybe we might be going in a violent direction for the song with that last line of verse one and the dead lay in pools of maroon below. Okay, but we kind of ease into that. Now, verse two. Clearly I remember picking on the boy seemed a harmless little fuck. But we unleashed the lion, gnashed his teeth, and bit the recessed lady's breast. How could I forget And he hit me with a surprise left, my jaw left hurting, dropped wide open, just like the day, oh, like the day I heard. So we've created this lyrical context, right? So clearly, verse two, much more violent lyrically. The rhythm and the pitch of the melody creates a feeling that things are very frantic. So there's this direct tie to the violence of the lyrics and the frantic, frenetic nature of the melodies, which feels like chaos. We feel that sense of a fight is happening because of all the stuff that's going on. And so we hear that lyrically, and we also hear it melodically and we see it lyrically as well. This is something that I've personally been trying to implement in my songwriting more is how can we melodically represent what is happening lyrically? And this is something that I'm doing with much more intention. And I encourage you to do the same because I think it can be very powerful. And it's not always super obvious, but I think melody and music obviously has just such a way of evoking emotion. And so even subconsciously for the listener, they are able to kind of go on this journey because there's more intentionality behind the relationship between lyrics and melody. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, there is a longer verse two to keep the story developing, right? And, And okay, maybe you could argue that verse two is actually two verses, I'm viewing it as one verse. The point is, is that the section after the first chorus, that verse is longer than the first verse. And that's, I don't want to say it's uncommon, but a lot of times you'll see the opposite, especially in rock. You'll see maybe two verses at the top before hitting the pre-chorus or before hitting the chorus, and then the distance between the first chorus and the second chorus is typically shorter. But in this case, and I think this speaks to the lyrics and what happens, we get caught in this fight that's happening at this school. So I think there was clear intention on the part of Eddie Vedder and the other songwriters, whoever was involved, of making that a longer experience between first chorus and second chorus. Okay, so that's number three. Number four... There's a lot of repetition towards the end of the song. So basically, for all intents and purposes, the story, in a way, ends after the second verse that I was just talking about. And then for the rest of the song, as we go into the bridge, as we go back into the choruses, as we go into the outro, it's just a lot of lyrical repetition. It's just really interesting because that last, I would say, I don't know, maybe third of the song, there's more instrumental sections, there's fewer words. It kind of just brings us out. Whereas in the beginning two thirds, beginning half, whatever it is, is more word heavy, which makes sense. But I think in this song, there's even more repetition of different lines. Number five, not a lot of lyrics in the bridge. And it continues with kind of a frenetic melody. It almost feels like Eddie Vedder just grabbed the mic during the recording session and just started singing something. And they were like, "Okay, there's the bridge. It almost feels like a jam. And it's very short. And those lyrics for the bridge are, try to forget this, and that repeats, try to forget this, kind of this echo feeling, try to erase this from the blackboard. And that's the bridge, and it's very short, and then it goes into this instrumental section, but the lyrical part of the bridge is very short. Okay, and number six, this I honestly did not realize until I listened to this song again before pressing record today. Number six, each chorus, I would argue there's three choruses. Each chorus is slightly longer than the previous chorus. So chorus one, the line Jeremy spoke in class today, just repeats once. And then in the second chorus, when we come back around, it repeats twice, which is really interesting. Because oftentimes in rock, in pop, anything that's kind of like pop adjacent, we feel things in four. So by repeating that line two more times, I think adds to this frenetic, frantic feeling that we feel in this song because we feel like oh okay we could repeat this line one more time that's what our ears might naturally feel but we don't we go into the next section right after that so I think that was a really interesting decision and then the last chorus is longer and it kind of feeds into the outro so quick recap so six things that we can learn from Pearl Jam's song Jeremy one of my personal favorites so number one is a short chorus. It's just one line. Jeremy spoke in class today. One line, one melodic motif. That's it. Number two, frenetic, frantic melodies outline what's happening lyrically in this song, which is basically a violent fight. Number three, a longer verse two than verse one, which keeps the story developing. Number four, a lot of repetition towards the end of the song. The last, I would say, third of the song is kind of just a lot of, like, lyrical repetition. The story, more or less, has concluded. Number five, not a lot of lyrics in the bridge. Short, front part of the bridge, which has lyrics, and then it goes into... He sings a high note and kind of brings us into this, basically, this jam. Number six, each chorus is slightly longer than the previous chorus. Three choruses, I would argue. First one is the shortest, second one is slightly longer, and then the third chorus is longer and feeds into the outro. So there you have it. There is a little bit of a dive into Pearl Jam's song, Jeremy. Hopefully this brought you some value. Hopefully you're enjoying these analyses. If you are, let me know and I'll keep doing them. So feel free to reach out. I would really appreciate it. Thanks as always for tuning in. If you liked what you heard today, could you please follow the podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Apple podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. And until next time, happy writing.